you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ, Bucky, together. Buck, uh, how was it, buddy? How was the draft, man? Hey, look, man, my draft was a lot better than yours because I felt for you uh, when the little puppy pee-off thing. Oh, uh, man. It was, it was a cute TV opportunity, but personally, I'd have been fired up because I don't get down like that. And I'm a dog lover, but that would have uh, I would have been annoyed. And I wouldn't have been able to play through the jokes and all that for the rest of the day. So, well, the funny thing is, you not for me. Well, those that those that know me like you do, um, I'm not. I'm not like a. I'm like it's bad to say it. I mean, not like dislike dogs. I'm just not. I don't have a dog. I'm not like you know big huge dog guy. (laughs) And maybe that dog could sense that. Maybe the dog he kind of (laughs) knew. I'm gonna bring bring you in. I'm gonna bring you in the fold. Yeah. You're not one of my guys. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. But uh, to be honest with you, it uh, it did smell. It was a pretty nasty smell. Uh, the, it dried rather quickly, but it, it did smell for the rest of the draft. But on day three, as you know, those are long days, and uh, it gave us a little running gag that we could have. So it ended up uh, ended up working out okay. But I, I thought I thought for today we'll have time on the next episode to go team. We'll go team by team and talk about the guys we really liked and, and maybe what surprised us. But I thought today we could just 
kind of dedicate this one to the to the uh, first round. We can just kind of roll through these picks and uh, at a good pace and just kind of go with what we thought. I thought if we group the the first two picks together, Buck, we had talked about this a bunch on our show, which was at some point in time we have to allow space for common sense, right? Like <laughs> that's what we said. Like we hear all the chatter. I understand all this stuff and. I think that was, you know, there was real that they were kicking around different ideas. I don't, I don't refute that at all. But I said, at some point in time, you got to almost plug your ears and just go with like, there's no way, you know, we knew Bryce was going to go one. We don't even need to spend much mm-hmm. time there. We've talked about that the whole process, but with two with Houston, they have to take the quarterback. We just kept coming back to that. And that's where it ended up being. Yeah. They had to take the quarterback and it made sense. And it's really the best, like it's the best pick for them based on his talent. You know, like for a long time, we've talked about quarterbacks coming in the league and how they need to be able to deal from the pocket. They need to be able to throw a touch timing and anticipation and all of those things. And I feel like for the majority of this process, especially the last month, C.J. Stroud had kind of been unnecessarily beat up on when it came to whatever he was as a prospect and those things. What I do know is he's not a perfect prospect, but when you watch the tape, man, he checks off a lot of boxes in terms of what we've always looked for in a franchise quarterback. We want guys that can deal from the pocket. We want guys who are accurate, guys who have big-time arm talent in terms of range. He has all of that. And so, to me, I am glad that uh, the Texans, I can't even say it came to the senses, but I'm glad that they handed the card in with him because I just can't imagine what it would look like if they had taken somebody else uh, at that point, particularly with a guy this talented. You talk about uh, a measure of regret. I could just see, like, man, what, what a regrettable deal if you don't take this quarterback who – does all the things that we've seen play successful in the league for a long time. Yeah, the uh, the whole thing was you can't run it back. Like you have you have these picks. There's no guarantee where you're going to be next year. You can say, "Well, we'll wait till next year." We look at we got Caleb Williams and we got Drake May, and yeah, there's no guarantee you're going to be there. And there's no guarantee even if you have a bunch of picks, anybody would ever trade with you to be able to get one of those guys. The question is, is C.J. Stroud better than anybody you have on your roster at the position? And yes. He is. He's, he's better than the guys better. you got. Yes. So that's why I thought, you know, common sense reigns supreme. And at the end of the day, that's what they ended up doing. So uh, I thought that was fascinating. Then they end up coming back up uh, and grab Will Anderson, which, you know, it was the whole thing I was hearing during the time was, okay, it's either at the end, at the very end, it was like Stroud or Anderson. I know those are the two guys that they, they down to that they really, really like. And I'm like, well, if Arizona's put it on a billboard that they want to get out of three, you know, three's available. And to kind of have a statement draft, the Jets last year had a statement draft. They went out and got, okay, this is going to be our, this is our pillar guys we're going to move forward with and ended up getting the offense and defensive rookie of the year. So if, if you have all these resources, the Texans had an army of picks this year and next year, and then three says they want to get out and you love two players. I'm like, you kind of just connect the dots. Like this made, made a lot of sense for them to come up and get Will Anderson. It made a lot of sense in the way that they did. It made a lot of sense. See, because they were able to box out the Titans if they wanted to come up because they take Will yeah. Anderson at two. Now uh, the Cardinals There's a market have an opportunity. Yeah. They have an opportunity to create leverage and they can make it difficult for you to get the quarterback that you want. But by taking the quarterback, well, now you eliminated all the quarterback hungry teams and how many guys wanted to get up to get the pass rusher. And so I would give Nick Casario a lot of credit for being able to put it together strategically to get what he wanted. He came out with a quarterback and the pass rusher on day one. Both of them are talented players. And so from a foundation standpoint, the Texans are way and running. Yeah, we get to four with the Colts. It was Anthony Richardson over Will Levis. I mean, everybody, all you heard was Will Levis, Will Levis. That's what I ended up going with because I'm like, man, this is everywhere. So either 
they have the leakiest building in the league or they do a great job of keeping a secret. And I almost like they kind of let that thing go and didn't refute anything. You know, it brought Will Levis in, you know, did, did all did all this work on him as well. And so it was like, OK, it's going to be Will Levis. And then then all of a sudden, here we go, Anthony Richardson. And it, it makes more sense in hindsight of why they were um, why they were comfortable not trying to move up, because I think they felt like, OK, I haven't heard anybody else trading up for Anthony Richardson. If everybody thinks we're on Levis, then, you know, that leaves us. We're not vulnerable if somebody taking him ahead of us. Yeah, or it could have been maybe a situation where they were comfortable with either guy, but Anthony Richardson yeah. was the preferred guy. Uh, I think what's interesting, and we'll eventually talk about this in future podcasts, uh, Anthony Richardson is going to start from day one, DJ. Like, yeah. when we hear all the stuff coming out of Indianapolis, the owner talking about, hey, man, you need to play and we got to live through the rough moments. You hear Shane Steichen talking about the only way that you can get better at the position is to play. Anthony Richardson is going to be their day one starter. And when you think about Anthony Richardson walking out of minicamp and Garner Minshew walking out of minicamp, it's going to be quick and apparent to everyone around that he is the superior talent. And so yeah. people are going to say, why wait? The only thing that you worry about is, is he strong enough mentally to handle the adversity that is bound to happen that, that first year? Can they work through some of that? But in terms of a specimen, he is unique. And I, I've said this, I wish that I had, come up with it before while we're talking on the podcast this is an nba type draft pick one yeah. where you're, you're drafting on projection and potential and i liken him to Giannis. when Giannis came in the league with the milwaukee bucks no one saw that he would be this thing but through skill development through through scheming through his own work he has become an mvp and a champion maybe that is the path that the colts take with Giannis. they pour everything into him to develop him he meets them halfway. And if you take all the talent that he's displayed with that, maybe he does have a lot of success with Indianapolis Colts. Well, you get ready for some quarterback power and some zone read because it's coming to a uh, AFC South stadium near you. I mean, that's what he's going to be doing, man. Well, the thing is, the only, the only thing about that, um, he gained 600 yards is, is he going to be ready to handle that? Like the difference between him and like a Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts last year at Oklahoma, DJ, he ran for 1,200 yards. I forgot that he ran for that many yards. He ran for 1,200 yards his first two years at Alabama. He ran for a combined 1,800 yards. So that was a big part of his game. But Anthony Richardson, I need to see that he can hold up doing that. Jalen was able to hold up doing it. But, yeah, there's a way to do it where they can protect him. But, yeah, he, he should get a heavy workload, heavy dose of AR running the ball between the tackles. No doubt. Um, all right, so that was four. We get to pick number five. Witherspoon, I love – look, we both loved him as a player. I loved him as a player. I did not think Seattle would do that. They hadn't taken a first-round corner since 2006 with Kelly Jennings. So, like, they've continually found corners later on in the draft. But then, you know, after the draft, after that round was over and talking to folks and everything, like, dude, he just – Pete loved him. And you could see it because he, he's in he, – he compared him to Paul Malo with how he plays. Like, he plays literally with his hair on fire, um, ultra-instinctive, ultra-tough. So, I love the fit. I think he'll do awesome up there. But I just didn't think they would do it because historically, you know, they've waited on corners. Yeah, they've waited on corners. But, you know, they've also have subtly changed the way they go about playing their defense. Before they were that uh, over front, a lot of that hybrid cover three where they they pressed and build and the stuff that they did at SC. When now they're more of a quarters team, they do a, a few more different things. They, they have more diversity within their scheme. And so it requires a corner to have a better toolbox, a more expanded toolbox. And when you look at Witherspoon, that's the one thing that you can point to. He can do a little bit of everything really, really well. 
press off zone man comes off the edge and blitz great tackler in space and so as you think about their evolution he made sense and so even though i mocked christian gonzalez there like i think the one thing that i have to do now going forward and everyone who's listening and everyone who's watching us like i hate to say it but like that mock draft stuff is for entertainment like now we get to talk about the evaluation so you're gonna hear some different things based on what evaluators will say now that we know where they go now we can talk about how they fit and how they'll be eventually used. 100%. Um, had heard in the days preceding that Paris Johnson was the Cardinals guy. And that was another reason to, it made sense to me for that trade because I'm like, I don't think you have to take Paris Johnson with a third pick. I mean, I'm not so sure they had to take him and come back up and take him at six. But that was their guy. They wanted their guy. So they trade back. They end up coming back up. They get Paris Johnson. That leads to the Raiders getting Tyree Wilson at seven which I, you know, late in the process, I'd heard that he, you know, he could get out of the top five and go down a little bit. And I think part of that was Seattle has three ends, three ends that they like, Daryl Taylor, Chenna Nuoso, and they also had uh, uh, Boye Mafe. So they, they had they had some young guys that they could work with. So that's why they go corner. Um, we'll go through the rest of the top 10 here, then tell me what, what grabs you. Bijan, we had talked about at eight. That's what ended up happening with him and the Falcons. Jalen Carter had been connected to the Eagles for quite some time. They trade up one spot and get him. And then the Bears, which I thought maybe was the most surprising pick to me uh, in the top 10, the Bears taking Darnell right after trading down a spot. Yeah, so a few things stand out. Everyone to talk about B. John Robinson going to the Falcons because the Falcons uh, had a very, very successful running game with Tyler Algiers, Algiers kind of anchoring the attack. But Arthur Smith comes from Tennessee where he had King Henry, a rushing champion, and he saw the impact that that had on that offense and really the entire team. So I could see where he'd be drawn to taking B. John Robinson, even though, you know, we had talked about the devaluation of the running back position, yada, yada, yada. So I understood that. At nine, it certainly made sense for uh, Jalen Carter to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, not just because of all the stuff they did after with all the Georgia guys, but they already had people in the building who could tell him exactly who Jalen Carter was. You had Jordan Davis, who played alongside him, and you have N'Kobe Dean, who anyone who knows N'Kobe Dean, he was the alpha of that defense. So he could go to Howie and tell him exactly, here's what he is, here's what gets him, here's how we had to get him going, and whether he would be fine or not in that environment. I think it's easier to sign off on those things when you have teammates that really, really know the player. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And on the Jalen Carter thing, the one thing I would just add on that, um, when you have guys who have concerns off the field, one of the things that I think is a good indicator if they have a shot of staying on the straight and narrow and, and being a success, being a hit, is whether or not they really, really love football. So mm. when you have the threat that football can go away in your life, that matters to some more than others, right? Mm -hmm. And I think with him, one of the things that that I would point to, and I push back a little bit, and I don't, I mean, what he did off the field mm -hmm. is awful mm -hmm. situation resulted in two people losing their lives. I don't ever want to minimize that. But when we're talking about the stuff on the field, I didn't see issues with effort on the game field. Now I heard some stuff about practice. I'm not at practice. I'm just going off what we see in the game field. I didn't see effort being an issue. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is he hurts his ankle week one, he came back. He hurts his knee in the middle of the season, he came back. Like if you don't like football and you're he would have been a top, especially with none of the off the field stuff that had surfaced at that mm -hmm. point in time. You're saying I'm a top five pick. I could shut this thing down. He had a couple opportunities to be like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Let me just go wait and I'll get all my money. Um, he came back twice. I think he does like football. And I think the fact that 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 was in jeopardy, I think hopefully gets him 
in, in the right space. Well, not, well, not, well, not only that, I, I want you to think about it like from a dad perspective, right? So what happened in January was was a tragedy, right? And he was involved in very tragic circumstances. DJ, anything that happened beyond that in the immediate thing, I don't know how much we can say this is truly his personality. You talk about a young man that's grieving. And now we don't know because we're not around him. And no one knows the internal turmoil that he has personally on a day-to-day basis. And so the number one thing, if I'm the Eagles, hey, man, let's get him some help and some assistance to see if he's doing okay. Because I don't think when, when you see him show up at the pro day and all that other stuff, I don't know if that's really his character or is that a troubled young man dealing with the weight of all of that that is on him? Because he can nod his head and say he's okay, but no one can be okay when you're involved in that. And so we'll see what that looks like. I think you're right. Based on the tape, he certainly didn't exhibit those characteristics that have kind of followed him in the run-up to the draft. And so we'll see what he played. But I like the pick and I like the situation that he's going to. Yeah, the Bears, I mentioned that as a surprise. Darnell Wright, I thought, you know, I liked him as a player. We've talked about on the show a bunch. I thought he played the Mm -hmm. best of the tackles this year. His tape was the best. Um, But I still thought, okay, we'll see that. You know, he'll probably go in the teens uh, when he would come off the board. I actually thought that Kansas City would trade up for him. So I connect, I didn't want to do any more trades in the mock draft. So I just mm-hmm. did one and that was it. Then I said, okay, I'll just put him to KC. But I could see if he gets to like 18, 19, Kansas City, come up, get the right tackle, bang, um, mm-hmm. and they're all, off they go. But he ended up going 10. The Bears doing everything they can to help uh, support Justin Fields this offseason. So good offseason for Fields and that organization. And maybe you were onto something. Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City. Maybe you understood There's the mindset, connection. the mentality, what they wanted. The thing about Darnell Wright, if you're the Chicago Bears and you're trying to change the tenor of your team, he's kind of that nasty guy that mm-hmm. you wanted. Of of the guys that were there, he was the nastiest of them in terms of like the way that he finished the violence that he played. And if you're going to run the football like we think they're going to run the ball, man, you can see where that certainly would be appealing to the Bears. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, let's get to these next five and uh, tell me what you think. There's a couple interesting ones here. Skaronsky goes 11 to the Titans. They don't take Levis. They take Skaronsky and still get Levis uh, coming back in the second round. Jameer Gibbs, fascinating one to the Lions at 12 as they move around the board. The Packers take Van S. Seemed like a very logical fit. We talked about that one before. The Steelers get Broderick Jones from Georgia. Uh, the Jets with Will McDonald, the edge rusher from Iowa State, who you know we knew there was a lot of love for him, is probably the best – uh, the best ability to really turn the corner and bend at the top of the rush. We saw that at the Senior Bowl, uh, and obviously that's what the Jets coveted. So the Jets continue to develop and uh, and add guys to the very talented defensive front. But what stood out to you in that uh, 11 I mean, to 15 range? I mean, obviously Jameer Gibbs stood yeah. out. Now, it, it stood out because everyone is shocked. And so here's here's the thing about the noise. So the noise about running backs and all that other stuff, like, and it's, it's valid in terms of like the old school runner. But I think B. John Robinson and really Jameer Gibbs – they have to be viewed as more than just running backs. I think the only way that you can take a running back high, he has to be someone who is impactful in the passing game. And when you go back, DJ, and you really study the last top 10 or top 12 running backs that have been drafted, 
the overwhelming majority of them have hit. They've popped. The only one that you could say that is questionable is like Leonard Fournette. But Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, all of those guys were playmakers that garnered accolades based on the way that they added to their team. And so in Jameer Gibbs, I think what you're doing, and I learned this from a, a longtime head coach and OC, is you have to pair your running back to the quarterback skill set, meaning that the running back that you have needs to complement what the quarterback does really well. When you go back and look at what Jared Goff has done in this league, when he's been at his best, he's had a dynamic weapon behind him or alongside him. He had Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley was more than just a downhill runner. He did all that other stuff in the past game, his early years with the Rams. And Jameer Gibbs, you're getting something similar, someone who can contribute to the passing game and make life easier for Jared Goff on screens, swings, option routes, all that other stuff. And so for me, this not only signals that the Lions are going to be explosive, I think they have a long-term commitment to Jerry Goff based on how they're building this team out. Yeah, and he would have gone elsewhere in the top 20 if he didn't go there. Oh, he was going. Like, he was going. There were like, there were several teams on him yes. that had huge grades on him. And yes, so the way, I, was, the, way I think, the way I think we should look at this, and I was just thinking about this, Buck, because we're always trying to come up with our little phrases, which, by the way, it's funny how some stuff that we workshop on here ends up carrying us to the draft and we bring it back year after year. But like, you know, we talk about the three P's with, with quarterbacks. Like this is just organic stuff that happens in these conversations where we come up with this stuff. And that's why I love this pod so much. But I was just thinking as you were talking and I was like, you know what, if we're going to look at the first round, like you got to get through customs to get through first round as a running back. And you know, you know what you need to get through customs, you need a passport. So (laughs) if you can't help me in the pass game, if you're just going to stand back there, I'm going to hand it to you. Yes. You're not going to get no. – you're, you're not allowed in. You don't get into the, to the first-round country. If you want to get into first-round country, you need a passport. And those, and those are the guys that are difference makers, like the guys that can run it but are unique playmakers, the Christian McCaffreys of the world, the Evan Kamars of the world, even Saquon Barkley. You have to be able to be an impactful player uh, in the passing game. So when Le'Veon Le- Le- Bill, like give him credit, mm-hmm. he talked about being an RB1 wide receiver too. Those are the guys that you can sign off for in the first round. They have to be able to do that, even in special circumstances. Yeah, it's the reverse Debo. Go. Yeah. It's a reverse I mean, Debo. Debo majors as a wideout, minors as a running back. These guys are majoring as running back, minors as receivers. But to me, like you have to, I have to be able to get you out in the formation, not just getting you out of the backfield. I got to be able to put you in the slot. I can be able to split you out. Like I can't have you just as a backfield guy. I got to be able to utilize you in multiple ways. And with, with this dude, with Gibbs, People were talking about that. People were talking about game plans and how they could design. And usually, like one of the teams was talking about, he he's probably going to spend more time in the slot with us than he will in the backfield. Like we're actually, he'll major as a, as a wide out in our offense. So the funny thing is, I think right now he becomes the most important offensive piece for the Detroit Lions. He is the one guy of all of them. He is the coverage dictator. He's the guy that you have to double team more so than anybody else in that unit. And so because of that, you're setting the thing off of him and then everyone else gets the one-on-one matchups. And so that's how it has to be. And you're right. It's funny. Like we have these conversations and everyone's talking about the devaluation of running back. But as everyone was gasping at the thought of Gibbs going 12, it's funny that in the aftermath, people were like, well, if they didn't take him, we were going to take him, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's significant. I, we have to continue to evolve the way that we think about the position. And we talked about positionless ball years ago. We're seeing more of that kind of come to fruition now as we look at offense and defense. Yeah, yeah. And the Steelers, I thought, was a smart move to get ahead of the Jets to take Broderick Jones. I said it on the broadcast. 
did find out after the fact that the the Jets were going to take Will McDonald even if Broderick Jones was there because they were they were on Will McDonald. So it ended up working out for both teams. The Steelers get their guy, the Jets got their guy, and Will McDonald. Uh, let's get sixteen through twenty here, Buck. We got to keep it going here. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes of the Commanders. I, I ended up doing that one late based off of a conversation we had, and we talked about Josh Norman. And remember, we were talking about oh, well, body type wise, Porter fits like Josh Norman. But then, literally, I'm putting that last mock draft together. And I was like, you know what, body type, yes. But I remember Josh Norman at the East West game picking off like six balls, and like to me, it talking was the, the entire skills. time, yeah, it's the yes. ball skills. And I'm like, that's like who's all that? of it. Like, who's that guy? I'm like, that's Forbes. That's not that's not Porter. So ended up going there, and that and and that's what happened. So again, it's just, that's why we scrimmage this stuff around. We end up you know falling into some stuff. The Patriots with a steal of Christian Gonzalez at 17. Love Jack Campbell. I mean, we should not be surprised when you have in the process when when uh, our buddies John Dorsey's involved, when Dan Campbell's involved, uh, when Chris Spielman's Chris Spielman. involved. Like, you put those guys together, you come out with Jack Campbell. Like they were going to value Jack Campbell more than the rest of the league. Yeah, they were. And so funny, we'll eventually talk about the Lions draft. And so the Lions end up having a great first two days draft. And when you look at the players, they just did it different than what out of order. the new yeah. conventional thinking you got. But they got all the guys that you want. They just got them in different order. Jack Campbell is a good one. And man, what about Iowa producing these players? I know, great I know. athletes and all this other stuff. Like That's unbelievable to watch what they've been able to put together. Yep. So then uh, Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle, who's an up-the-field defensive tackle. Obviously, look at the history of the Bucks. They have had success with up-the-field defensive tackles. Then 20, uh, we get Jackson Smith and Jigba with the Seahawks' second pick. And he, get a chan- he gets a chance to go from one really talented receiver room into another one, leaving Ohio State. Now he's going to go play with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He should eat, man. He should be a guy. If he's healthy and, and available for them, he's going to be a big impact player working over the middle of the field. Geno Smith. Uh, led the league in completion percentage. Now you see that Pete Carroll is making the game very, very easy for his quarterback. And we think about the later picks, adding Zach Charbonnet to go with Kenneth Walker. Man, they're going to pound, pound, pound. They're going to throw it over your head because they got three really good wide receivers to go with two solid running backs. No doubt. Um, then we get to the Chargers. They go with Quentin Johnston again. That I, you know, they like big wide receivers. That's their thing. They like those big power forwards. They get Quentin Johnston. The Ravens come back. This is wide receiver Alex. Ravens get Zay Flowers. So we talked about being a Steve Smith type player. Uh, you know, obviously not comparing to the Hall of Famer, but just plays that style of play, that size. Uh, the Vikings, Jordan Addison, we connected with them for a long time because um, you think about Kevin O'Connell coming from McVeigh and, and that system and Shanahan, they like interchangeable wideouts, can play inside, can play outside, great route runners. He replaces uh, Thielen. Uh, the Giants get a corner that can go nose to nose for Wink Martindale because he wants to be able to blitz and do all these different things. You got to have corners to do that. So that made sense. And then to me, I thought one of the steals of the first round, because you know how much I loved Dalton Kincaid from Utah. I thought he was the best pass catcher in this entire draft. The Bills get ahead of the Cowboys smartly because I think the Cowboys were going to pull the trigger on Kincaid. Uh, and they get a tight end who's also just going to flex out in the slot as well. Think about Josh Allen having those red zone turnovers last year, which was unusual. Um, one of the reasons, I think, is because you, you you need more guys who can uncover down there. And Dalton Kincaid's been a touchdown producer during his time at Utah, so I thought that was a home run pick for them. It's a home run pick, but also subtly, uh, I think the Bills are going to like a, maybe a little different style of offense. You've heard Josh Allen talk about he has to evolve from being like the football player to playing quarterback. You also heard him talk about some of the difficulties and challenges they had with the system where they were doing a lot of reads and those things. I think you're going to see less is more 
is the approach that the Buffalo Bills use. Uh, less trickery, more straightforward stuff where he can kind of see and everything is very concrete for the receivers and the quarterback. More 12 personnel, Dawson Knox and Don King Tate on the field. That way, I think they can more from run heavy stuff to passing stuff without necessarily changing the personnel, running people on and off the field. All right, let's get to the end of this thing here. We've got Mozzie Smith going to the Cowboys. They went back to Michigan later on in the draft. Anton Harrison uh, to the to the Jags. The uh, looming that's a direct out there. That's a direct Cam. impact. Cam Robinson sitting down. So now you're like, hey man, you may be worried. Walker Little can go to one, but you don't want to go down the line. This is no. a team that feels like they can score a bunch of points. So Antoine Harrison had to be the pick. I think kind of forced a hand a little bit. Cam's suspension. Yep. So then we get to uh, Miles Murphy, who uh, fits the Bengals edge rushers, uh, kind mm-hmm. of the, the skill set. You think about the guys they have are always they're very similar play style with Miles Murphy, big, long, physical guys. Uh, uh, Breesey goes to the Saints again, kind of fits their M.O. So you get back to back Clemson uh, defensive lineman. Nolan Smith was the biggest surprise to me, Buck, in the first round that he slipped down to the Eagles at 30. And then FAU, Felix and Adike Uzama. Uh, with the Chiefs, which we connected him to them uh, a bunch throughout the process. Almost kind of, if you close your eyes and squint, he looks like Frank Clark with how he plays. So uh, I thought more than anything else in this draft was a great reminder that, you know, we talked about it with the Chargers with big wide receivers, talk about the Vikings with interchangeable wide receivers. Mm-hmm. The Bengals have a certain type of edge rusher that they like. Um, scout the, the Scouts. Eagles. Yes, scout that's how, scouts. if you want to know, know the team. Look at the types. Yeah. Look at the types. So, you know, and that obviously got away from that with the first overall pick with Bryce when you think about what the Frank Reich has traditionally had. But I think the quarterback position needs to be put in its own category. When you look at everybody else, I think you can find, uh, you know, hey, these are there's connective tissue here. I mean, we talked about it with Jack Campbell. Like if if you just if we had just sat down and said, okay, we're going to spend the day. We're going to try and figure out which team would like Jack Campbell the most. And we went through everybody in the in the room that's making the decision. We would have looked at each other and said, oh, this is the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Blue collar, rugged, uh, the way yeah. they want to play. There's still a very old school feel to the way that they approach the game. I mean, the way they practice, the way they conduct training camp, all this stuff, it all fits. And so he's an old school dude. And even though I thought they were solid because they had Malcolm Rodriguez a season ago, there's yeah, something well. about having – a green dot player that can do a bunch of different stuff. And so he's super athletic, super talented. He kind of works out for him. Yeah. Well, there you go. We wanted to zip through this first round today with the time that we had. Uh, we've got another pod coming this week where we will jump into the teams and, and talk about the teams that we really like and what they're able to get accomplished. But uh, this was a fun one, Buck. It's uh, it's great to catch up with you, man. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I'll be uh, I'll be up there and see you tomorrow. We got a little path here. You've got are you doing path today as well? Oh, man. Come on, man. All the way to the end. Did you do every one? Did you do every one? Oh yeah, just like in just like in high school, hundred percent attendance. How about that? <laughs> but it's all good though. Yeah, it's yeah. all good because because it's coming to a close. It's crazy how that last month is, and for you doing oh, all the other man. stuff, like it'd be a much needed uh, reprieve and break to breathe. Because sometimes, and I don't know if you feel like this, DJ, the, the draft was so fast and furious. Yeah. There were parts of the day I couldn't tell you who actually got picked. It wasn't until no, I got the trusty I, handout at the end that I'm like, oh, okay. Right here. I'm going through this on the plane, Buck, and I'm like, holy yes. crap. Like, I, I, really like what, uh, uh, I really like what Green Bay was able to get that. Right. Like, so, so being able to kind of sit back and assess and also um, with this, and we can't say it enough, 
the hardest thing we do is speculate who's going where. Now this is the part where we really can say, okay, well, now that they pick, I don't care where they pick. Now we can look at how they're going to fit, how they're going to play. Because ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about not getting the mock draft right. It's about getting it right in terms of how guys are going to play. And now that you see how people matched up and what they like, now you can talk not necessarily positively about it, but you can talk about, hey, here's how they're going to utilize this. Here are the operating instructions. Yeah. I look at it as twofold. I think it's our job to tell you who the players are, what they do well, what they don't do well. So tell you who the players are and then tell you why the team like this player. doesn't matter if I like them or you like them. This is why they like them. They picked them. The reason they like them is because they're going to be able to put him. They like Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. a lot because they can put him in the slot with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and he's going to eat in the middle of the field. Like that's our job is how do these guys fit? Well, because now – because because now we can get the real information. Our buddies won't always yeah, yeah, yeah. give us everything ahead of time. They'll kind of take us on a wild goose chase. And then now they can be like, oh, yeah, I mean, I know I told you a little bit, but I kind of had to. Like, now, give me the real. Um, all right, dude. Hey, hey, thank you for all your work, man, and, and holding it down, too, when I when I can't be here. So appreciate all, all that you do, buddy. Look forward to it. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, guess what? Lunch is on me. Lunch is on me in the cafeteria tomorrow. Get some salad. I got you. Yeah, maybe you won't scout me this time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, man, I got crushed for my acting. They were The, the acting of Bucky got a lot more love than my acting did in that. God dang. Man, you, you brought your A game. I mean, the way that you just kind of delivered your lines with passion, I loved it. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us. I appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate Nabil doing all the work behind the scenes as well. Appreciate Lance uh, filling in and doing a great job, Brett as well. So, uh, we will see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.